Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Well, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Vici Mundum Show. Um, I am Austin Fahrenholt, Director of Advancement, and with us today we've got a new guest. We've got Heber Dunkel, who's in charge of liturgy and stuff. What's your actual title? I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Liturgy and stuff. Liturgy and stuff. <laughs> um, he sings. He uh, he does liturgy. Um, he may even dance. I don't know. Do you? I don't dance. He doesn't no. dance. No. no. <laughs> we keep the dancing. I'm a out. horrible dancer. I <laughs> don't want to see that. <laughs> but he is a good musician. So, and we also have Ken White here, our director of youth and young adult ministry. Hey. And in the background is Anthony Ferguson. He's just kind of hanging out. Hi. He's he said he's working on other things. Um, I'm working on a second grade presentation. That's very yeah, very strenuous intellectual work that he's got going on. <laughs> uh, and he's uh, he also has some weird hillbilly buck teeth that he's been sliding in and out of his mouth. Um, yeah, yeah. There. If, uh, if we could live stream it, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> We're probably going to edit this part out. <laughs> That's what you hope. <laughs> if only I were the editor and not Anthony, then I could decide what gets. <laughs> in and out but i don't uh so at any rate we uh we're here so we've got heber heber runs this awesome uh prayer ministry on thursday nights uh called thirst it's adoration praise and worship um it's really beautiful and so we figured we'd take a little bit of time this morning well yeah we're recording in the morning so this morning and talk about uh adoration and why why it's so great um what's what's the deal with adoration so uh so heber to get us started what why adoration why adoration um well at its bare bones adoration is really just um you know it's our response to uh, who god is um right he's our he's our creator he made us right we're his creature so when we adore god um we're we're acknowledging um, who he is and our intense need for him in our lives, uh, that we're literally nothing without him. Um, mm. He's literally willing us into existence um, at this very moment. So so at, at the heart of adoration is just our worship of God. Now, we're talking about it in this context. I think we're talking about Eucharistic adoration. Correct, yeah. Um, so Eucharistic adoration is uh, essentially the um, our, our Lord who is uh, truly present in the Eucharist, the most blessed sacrament, um, every Mass through the words of the priests and the power of the Holy Spirit, um, bread and wine are transformed, transubstantiated into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Um, Jesus remains present um, in what still appears to be bread, what still appears to be wine, um, but it's now his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, uh, and, and so the, we take uh, a consecrated host, um, we call it the Blessed Sacrament, and we place it in this vessel called a monstrance, um, and it's placed on an altar, and um, we just basically sit there and remain and, and pray uh, in the presence of our of our Lord, um, who is, like I said, truly and substantially present um, in the sacred host. Um, I think that's such an such a crazy mystery of our Catholic faith is the Eucharist. I mean, we could talk about that all day, but it's just. Uh, I feel like to an outsider um, who's not Catholic, it could look kind of crazy to see all these people kneeling down uh, and worshiping a piece of bread, or so it appears. Right. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, I think one way that I, I remember reading once that was so helpful in going to adoration, because even for Catholics, I think it still is very challenging to to really grasp the fact that that is Jesus Christ um, fully fully present in the bread. Um, the and bread fully, is transubstantiated, yeah. yeah, as you said. And it's present in that what appears to still be bread, in, yeah. in the tiniest little particle, the tiniest little crumb – all of the the God who's bigger than the universe, right? <laughs> he's bigger than the entire universe. Imagine how big the universe is, and He's truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, as present as He will be to us, hopefully in heaven when we get there. Hopefully, uh, yeah. He's present in that smallest particle. Uh, still, He remains there for us because He loves us so much. Yeah, I was reflecting on that. It, it's such an amazing God because, like you said, He is so big. But there's something about He loves. The smallness, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's outside of time. The universe he holds in his hands, which is so massive. And yet he loves the – he's also a god of humility, you know, to come down in something so simple and so common as a piece of bread, mm-hmm. uh, unleavened bread at that, you know, and to dwell there right in our midst is really amazing. Yeah, and I, I just reflect sometimes on sort of the um, – how – how practical God can be. Um, because if so, I like to go camping or backpacking and one of the like major important pieces is the food, right? Like, especially if you're going backpacking for five or six days and you're taking all of that with you, you have to like measure out, okay, I'm going to need this many calories as I go. This is how much I'm burning. If I want to get back alive, I need this amount of food and this kind of food, right? To, to have with me the whole trip. And I think about how God became man for us, showed us how to live, died for us, freeing us from sin and death and giving us grace, but then not only that, but continues to nourish us as we journey, right? Like that very important piece of the food. What's our food? Like for the journey, we need it in order to make it to the other end. Right. And he nourishes us with, you know, something that we can actually eat, right? <laughs> I mean, he tells us to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Um, just imagine how horrifying it would be if we were actually consuming, you know, the substances of human flesh and blood, like in, in that physical substance. It would, it would just be disgusting, right? Right. But he gives us, <laughs> but he gives us to him. He gives himself to us in in something that's familiar, something that 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 we 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 actually do eat. Mm-hmm. And you know what a gift, you know, because gosh, it would be <laughs> right. It'd be pretty horrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's kind of funny too. It's uh, um, I, the best way that uh, things kind of clicked for me with the Eucharist. There were a couple things. Um, one was I read this book and it just said, you know, uh, imagine that you are like uh, as that you see your father and he's he's sitting in the room, but he's got a huge coat on. Um, that's got him in a big scarf, and he's completely covered in clothes. Is he still there? Yes, he's still there. But he's just covered in all of those clothes. But that doesn't take away that he actually is present, you know, and can still communicate to you. Like he's, uh, in a way, kind of veiled by um, by those clothes, or like the clothes of the bread, almost. Right, right. Yeah, so he's, yeah, so he's... He's veiled in, you know, like I said, what still appears to be bread, but it's actually him, and, and you know, um, and it's through faith that we just know, you know, he's he's there with us. Um, you know, talking about food, um, you know, the the Eucharist, um, 
Yeah, the ador- adoration is really an extension of, of the Mass itself. Um, uh, we, we, we have Eucharistic adoration to, to draw out that experience of the Mass, where you know, Jesus Christ um, makes us one with his Father in heaven. You know, he's both priest and victim uh, in the Mass for us, right? He's, he's, he's the Lamb of God. He's offering, but he's also the priest, offering, making that offering for us. But then you know, we eat that offering, you know, he be, and he becomes that food for us too. So, the, the adoration is an opportunity for us to to sit there and just contemplate that, to be thankful for that great gift that that Jesus makes us one as as our as as both high priest and victim. But then he also feeds us, hmm. right? Um, food, right? So, you know, how do you how do you truly stay hungry for something? Um, you. Imagine like the best tasting food in the world, right? You, if, if it was placed in front of you and you just sat there and stared at it, it it's not, it's not satisfying you. Right? It's, it, it's making you actually more hungry to sit there in the in the in that presence of that food, right? And just to think mm-hmm. about how how good that food is going to taste when I when I actually eat it. Well, that's kind of what going adoration is like, right? You're sitting there in in the presence of the best food in the world. Right, Jesus Christ, who feeds us, who nourishes our soul, um, and to sit there and, and think about that, it makes you more hungry for Him, right? But it also makes you thankful for what He did for us, right? He He, he shed every last drop of His blood um, for our sins, you know, so that we could be made one with the Father. And so, going to adoration gives us a, a chance to do both: to, to be thankful for that gift, and and to to think about how actually hungry we are for that mm. in our lives. Mm. And so we and we actually sort of. A beautiful thing too is that it, even in that hunger, we are receiving. Like, right? I mean, we would yeah. say in adoration, we do receive grace, we do right. receive strength, um, and so, so it is. We do as we hunger more, we also are being given in that moment, but it, and, and it appreciates. It makes us appreciate, though, that, it, that you know, when we're thinking about that in adoration, where we're not actually physically receiving Jesus into ourselves. It makes us more appreciative that moment during Mass, during Holy Communion, when we actually do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that in my life, that the more time I spend in adoration just uh, just pondering our Lord in the Eucharist, that when Mass happens, like when, I, when I'm participating in Mass and we get closer to uh, to the consecration and going down to receive Him, that definitely, like, I'm, my heart is definitely more prepared, um, whereas when I haven't spent much time beforehand, it's, it's easier to get distracted from the beautiful reality taking place. And re, and re, go ahead, Ant. I have a question. <laughs> Let's hear so, it. So, like, for someone who might not be very familiar with adoration, or maybe they've tried going to adoration a few times, and they're just like, what am I even doing? It's just silent, and, like, I don't... I, what am I looking at? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And they just feel uh, uncomfortable. What would you say to someone like that? I would say that in adoration you actually have to absolutely be doing nothing <laughs> you just you just sit and that there. is uncomfortable yeah, yeah but but just to sit there and be right um you know holy communion during the mass is the most intimate moment um that we have with with our god right we we truly become one flesh with him in scripture we hear how um god wants to espouse himself to us how he and that literally means he wants to be made one flesh with us, you know. So it's this, it's both this physical and uh, spiritual um, oneness. Um, how, how do you get to truly know somebody, though? Right? 
you, you can't be truly intimate with a person unless you, you sit there and get to know them. Um, so in adoration, what you're really doing is you're, you're getting to, to know God. You're, you're falling more deeply in love with him so that you can better serve him in your life. Right? Those are the three things we need to do to get to heaven, right? To know him, to love him, and to serve him in this world. Um, but how do you really know someone? How do you really fall in love with someone unless you spend time with that person? Um, you know, three of us in here are, are, are married men. Um, how do we, you know, we, we, we're called to be, you know, one with our wives, right? But how did we really get to know our wives, right? We spent time with our wives, with our spouses, talking to them. Um, and sometimes it's not even talking, right? It's just being there in their presence, right? Um, sometimes just gazing upon, you know, the beauty of that person in your midst, right? Um, and so that's kind of what adoration is. You know, it's, it's a moment to where we can talk to, to Jesus, right? Jesus, Jesus is, um, there's, there's no one who loves us more than him. Um, so we can talk to him in adoration. You know, we can, you know, we, I think sometimes we're uncomfortable to talk to God the way we would just talk to another person. Um, uh, just well, tell him what's going on in a day. Tell him, you know, what we're struggling with, what we're so thankful for, what, what, what we're happy about, what we're sad about. Um, and sometimes, you know, we'll hear God speaking back to us, but oftentimes there's just this, uh, there is this silence, and silence can be uncomfortable. But in that moment, we can just stare at, at, at Jesus. We can just look at him um, and just um, and just be in his presence. Just just be content with that. And I think there's there's also like I love the imagery of the the husband and wife, like just spending time together. So there's also kind of a two a two way process of this. That going to adoration is also um, you're going. Jesus Christ in the Eucharist yearns for us, you know. So we go uh, to to yearn for him and spend time with him. But he's also in there calling out for us and wanting us to come to him. And so when we go, uh, you know, there there is that big part of just being, as he said, being still and listening because he wants to speak to us, you know, like – Today we're recording on Thursday, and we have adoration today, and God truly is in the Eucharist in our chapel uh, crying out for us. Um, and so when we go and just spend time with them, it brings him joy that his His creation, those with whom he wants to be um, espoused, uh, are taking time out of whatever they're doing and making him a priority to go and just be with him. Is beautiful, you know. I, it means the world to me when my wife, who's a tasker, she loves getting stuff done. She loves checking the box, um, but when when she stops that and just goes and sits down beside me, and, and like you said, we don't even talk all the time. But when she's just there and we're present, uh, that it means a lot to me. So it's like you know, and and she knows that, and uh, and it means a lot to her. So there's there's this like you know this beautiful being together. Um, it's so great. For us and for our marriage, yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes it's it just takes like with anything. I think adoration, in some sense, takes practice. Like like going and just like for me, sometimes if I get out of the habit of spending time with our Lord in in adoration, I try to go just for a, a very small set amount of time. You know, like I'm going to go and I'm going to be for ten minutes and just just do that. Right. And then, and then I think over time that starts to increase and the conversation starts to become easier or the silence becomes easier. Right. It's like, it's a start with something small. I mean, you don't got to, you don't have to go to adoration and spend three hours in adoration. Right. Like just go five minutes a day. And, and I guarantee you that in five minutes a day, it'll, it'll expand. It, it just does. Right. It's like, it's like when we, 
maybe call that person, whether it be a, um, a friend that we haven't talked to in a while, you know? And it's like, at first you're kind of like the conversation is kind of stilted and you're talking on the phone and you're trying to reconnect. But if you call them again next week and then you call them again the week after, and then you call them again the week after, like it starts to become easier, right? There's a certain amount of just, and and I think, I, I don't know, from my experience, that's the way it is with adoration. Sometimes if I, if I'm not in the practice, like just making it a priority to spend a little bit of time and, and that grows. Is that, yeah, <clears throat> and I think there's also that element we talked about the the silence being uncomfortable sometimes, um, and there is that element that you're going to spend time with uh, with God, the Creator, the Most High, the Perfect, you know, and there's always a recognition that we failed on our part. Um, so again, if you relate it to a human being, you know, if, if you've offended somebody, it can be kind of hard to go into their presence um, because you have to reconcile things. But what's awesome about our God is that uh, that he doesn't think as humans do. Um, and so even if we have offended him, um, uh, which we're human and so that happens, but even if we have, he still yearns for us to be there. You know, he is the good father of the prodigal son. He just wants us there regardless of what we've done. He wants us in his presence. Um, so even if that silence is uncomfortable and you have to face the fact that uh, gosh, I've done some things I'm not too happy about, um, and God might be upset. I'll tell you, before he's upset, he's just so happy that you're there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that comes yeah. far before the being upset. Um, and there's there's always great consolation in that for me. Um, yeah, I had a priest once share with me this image that um, he said, the devil wants us to stay staring at the ground groveling in our own sin. Like, oh, how miserable we are, how terrible we are. And Jesus just wants us to look up at him. Hmm. You know, and so I think I think in many ways, and I experience this myself. The devil trying to keep me back from. Well, I don't want to go in there because then I have to face parts of my life that I don't want to face. You know, because I feel either guilty or unloved or whatever it is, and and that's the, just the devil keeping me from the loving gaze of Christ. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and there's I think the imagery that I always find so powerful is uh, is Mary um, after Jesus has been taken off the cross, um, holding his crucified body, that uh, she was in need of him as a savior, um, just like all of us. Uh, and I think when we when we see what we've done um, through our sins, that that it's what put him on the cross, and yet she still holds him and just adores him. You know, adores the body that uh, that she needed to save him, um, and that the Apostle John and Mary Magdalene are right beside her, weeping, looking at the body of Christ, and that's uh, that's where he wants us to be. Yeah, and she's such a great mother to us too. She just, you know, she models, you know, how we're supposed to to look at her son, how we're supposed to adore him, uh, and and she models too what we're supposed to do in in silence. You know, adoration is often most of the time in, in, in silence. And, and yes, that silence can be awkward, but you know, she pondered all things about Jesus in her heart. And really that's the best thing we can do when we go to adoration is, is to ask Mary to pray for us and to help us to ponder Jesus in our hearts as we're sitting there. Um, and, 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 and she gives him to us. She's such a good mother. She just gives him to us in the way we need him uh, in the, in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also really important like to go and be who you are in front of our Lord, right? Like 
<clears throat> like if you're going and you're tired and you're stressed out from a work day, then that's who you are. You don't have to go in and be someone you're not. Like God wants <laughs> that's God wants advice. to be with you, you in who you are, in all of your brokenness or all of your stress or all of your tiredness. He wants you not not some, you know, crafted version of you. He can't he can't get to know you if you're being false. Before. Right. And Jesus because he was fully human understands all of that too. And it's, you know, just to be in the presence of our God who actually gets that, you know, he's not a God who's distant, right? He, he's a God who's so close to us because he went through all of those things that that we go through. Right. He would understand exhaustion, yep. <laughs> right? Stress, tiredness. He would, he would yeah. understand all of that. And not only when we go to adoration, do we find out more about, you know, who God is. We, we really find out more about who we are ourselves. Um, uh, because we, we gain this knowledge of, of who we are in relation to him. Right. Mm. Um, so it's a time, it's a time where we find out, get to know him better, but we also get to know ourselves better you know, yeah. we, because we, we understand what our purpose is in relation to him, how we're supposed to better serve him in this world. Um, so, yeah. yeah. What I love to Heber about, about the monthly thirst. So we talk about the thirst adoration. It's on, mm-hmm. it's at seven thirty on, um, the, usually the first Thursday. Um, but we, we put it in the bulletin, advertise it there. And, and, the I think it goes out in the email yeah. as well and on Facebook. Um, and it's an hour of, in some sense, like a guided prayer, um, for adoration, right? So our Lord is exposed in the monstrance. There's music. Sometimes father will give a reflection. There's times of silence, but I, I think it's, it's a helpful thing to come and sort of have you Heber guiding music and father maybe doing some guided reflection to kind of help. I, I don't know, maybe just orient myself towards what it's supposed to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so adoration is, you know, we have it every Thursday, um, you know, normally in the chapel. Right. But what adoration really is, it's, it's a, it's a liturgy. It's not just, um, it's not just this, you know, private devotion. It really isn't a private devotion. It's a liturgy. It's a public act of worship in the church. And so there are these times where we can have a more solemn time of adoration with, with more of a liturgical form. Um, and you're right. That does help us. It guides us, you know, music can be played. Um, you know, scripture can be read, prayers can be offered, you know, out loud. Um, and so, it helps to, it does help to guide us. It, it can help to, it can help people, you know, who aren't as, you know, comfortable, who are new to it, kind of ease into it, I think, um, in, in, a, in a different way. Uh, this weekend, too, um, we celebrate the feast of um, the body and blood of Christ. Um, so it's, it's just, this is a really cool time to be talking about um, uh, the Eucharist, to be talking about adoration, uh, because this weekend we get to celebrate this this feast where we actually, as, as a church, ponder the mystery of, of Christ's body and blood um, in a public way. Um, this weekend we'll be having a procession, Eucharistic processions uh, at the 10 o'clock mass at the 2 PM mass for the Hispanic community. Um, and that, and that's a time where we, you know, we do some in, a few moments in adoration, but we actually take Christ out into the world with us um, in procession. Um, and it kind of models what we're supposed to do at, at the end of mass, right? It says, go and be sent, go bring Christ to the world. Uh, today is the feast of. Uh, for those who don't know, we're, we're, um, we're recording this May thirty first. This is the feast of the visitation, where Our Lady, you know, who had Christ truly present now in her womb, um, takes him out into the world as the God bearer, as as the Mother of God, as the Theotokos, as they say in the Eastern Church. Um, she brings Christ, the, you know, 
he's conceived in her right at the Annunciation, and it says she she leaves in haste right, and she goes um, to town of, of Judah to visit her cousin Elizabeth. So she takes him out to the world. She brings him to somebody, um, and that's what we're called to do too. We're not just called to stay there in this moment of adoration um, in the chapel, you know, during adoration. We're not called to just stay there at mass. Now we're called to do something. We're called to take Christ out with us, and mm-hmm. so going to adoration helps us, like I said, to understand God's will for us to do that in our lives in a better way. And and going off the the visitation a little bit, John the Baptist has the best response to to Jesus being present. You know, he leaps for joy, uh, and that's I just love that. Like that that's kind of what ultimately we'd love our response to be when we when we're in Eucharistic adoration, when we encounter Christ, is that leaping for joy of uh, of, of of his presence. That's really incredible. Yeah, and like Heber said, we're recording this on May 31st, so the procession is going to be um, on uh, the the Sunday of June June 3rd. Um, I think this podcast is probably going to come out after that, um, but you never know. I don't know. We'll figure schedules out after we record. Crazier stuff has happened. <laughs> so, um, but, well, Heber, we really appreciate this time that we uh, we got to talk with you about adoration. Um, it's such a beautiful devotion. And uh, and just for anybody who I know most of our listeners are here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, um, like we said, there's thirst, uh, Thursday adoration, the first Thursdays in the evening. Was it 730? Yeah, it's 730 p.m. 730 p.m. Um, but then – Pretty much every Thursday, there's adoration all throughout the day. Yeah, so from after the 8 a.m. Mass till 6 p.m., there's okay. adoration. And then every first Friday, we have adoration here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Um, when the school year is in session, adoration will start on Friday on that Friday after the 8.15 Mass, and uh, will continue you know, throughout pretty much the entire day. Um, into the night uh, into also. Into the night, yeah, yeah. overnight. Um, when school is not in session, we go from 3 p.m. Uh, through overnight. I think it... I think it wraps up at 6 a.m. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah 6 a.m. And we're always looking for more doors, especially in those midnight hours. Yeah, we, I do we, the we, 3 o'clock in the morning, and there's only a couple of us. So if you're listening, join me at 3 a.m. first Fridays. <laughs> and, you know, adoration is open, you know, on those days to, uh, to anybody, any time, any of those times. Um, but we could also use people um, who want to formally commit uh, to signing up for an hour, you know, that you'll be there every single you know, week on Thursday at a certain time or every single first Friday at a certain time, you know, we could always use uh, committed adorers um, who are willing to, to make that sacrifice every week or, you know, once a month. Right. So, Cause the um, expectation yeah. is what two adorers per hour. Is that right? Yeah. Huber, we can never leave least. our Lord alone. Um, when, when he's exposed in the um, monstrance, you know, if he's in the tabernacle, fine. But if he's, if we've exposed him in the monstrance, he has to have at least one person with him at all times. And uh, so it's always good to have two people there. Just in case. Just in right. case. Right. Yeah. So at any rate, I encourage you, um, if you have not been to any of those at our church, please come. Just stop by if you have two minutes, if you've got 20, if you've got two hours. It's a great, great way to spend time with our Lord. And, and like we said, he's yearning for all of us. So um, once again, Hebert, thanks a lot. Um, and I'm sure we're going to have you back on the show soon, yeah, like thank, it or not. Yeah, thanks for having me here. <laughs> it, was, it was great to be here and, and talk about this with you guys. Yeah, great. All right. Well, folks, remember to um, to, to rate us. Uh, if you like this podcast, please share it with other people. Um, and you can always send us an email, vichimundum1633 at gmail.com. So until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Pray for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. 
This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call to new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.